Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. Bonjour. So happy to be with you in this moment, transcending time and space together. Aren't we blessed? I am so grateful. (laughs) Ah, So, let's begin with a blessing as we always do. I place my hand on my heart. I'm grateful and I'm thankful to say yes to the unlimited, the unprecedented, the fullness of love. So grateful and so thankful to consciously attune to the infinite intelligence that we already are. So grateful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and to let the healing flow. Yes, we are willing to recognize the ways that we've been blocking the flow of love and the flow of healing. We are grateful and thankful to say yes to infinite intelligence leading us, guiding us all the way to our wholeness, our freedom, our joy, the wisdom and the clarity of pure spirit is ours now and forever. We give thanks for it, we welcome it, and we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah, how beautiful. So the topic this week is the hidden ways we avoid healing. I work with, I'm blessed to work with so many people over the years who uh, have done so much healing. And we can look at the healing from uh, healing our lives, our relationships, our finances, our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, our etheric body, our spiritual body, all coming into alignment with perfect love. This is the divine opportunity that every day presents to us. And so there, I I have recognized in my own mind that There have been so many ways I was avoiding healing that I didn't even have any awareness of. So many ways I was avoiding healing that I had no awareness of. And it's discouraging. Because if you feel like you can't see something, you don't know about it, there's nothing you can do. And that feels then hopeless. We feel helpless. We feel great despair when we are thinking that there's nothing we can do. We just have to suffer, that it's happening to us, that we are victims. But we are not victims of the world we see and the world that we have made. No, we are not. And everything works together for our good, and there are zero exceptions, So let's look at some of the ways in which we actually avoid the healing. Because, look, I'm just going to make it really plain. Over the years, what I did for so long, I looked outside myself. I looked for some book, some audio, some teacher, some workshop, some class, some program, some retreat to fix me and heal me. I did it for a very, very long time. I looked outside myself. I thought the answer was outside, not inside. And I did an episode a couple years ago on the fear to look within. There's a whole section in the text about the fear to look within. So I'm not going to go over that. I know I said that again recently. We don't want to look within because we think we're hideous inside. And we don't want to take responsibility is a a major reason why we don't want to look within. 
and we because we think the responsibility and blame are the same thing. So that's why what I share is in order for healing to occur, we must take responsibility, 100% responsibility. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles, that in order for all heaven to break out in our life, we must recognize that we are 100% responsible for everything we see, everything. And that includes the Gulf oil spill, that includes the fires raging, that includes the everything that we think is horrible, that we don't like, that we would like to be separate from, ISIS, uh, serial killers, uh, people who kidnap children and torture them, whatever it is that we would like to be separate from, we must recognize that there is one mind, and it's our mind, that there is one Son of God, one, and that is us. It's our collective. And we have a responsibility in the collective. We have the responsibility for every single thought that we think. And so I'm going to go right to uh, what Spirit guided me to start with, which is in um, chapter 25, which is the justice of heaven. And... So I'm going to start right at the beginning, the justice of heaven. What can it be but arrogance to think your little errors cannot be undone by heaven's justice? Right there. What can it be but arrogance to think our little errors cannot be undone by heaven's justice? So we keep thinking that We need to suffer and be punished because we're so bad, we're so wrong. And that's what keeps us in that painful blame game. We're the victim of our own ego, in a sense. But no, because we're the ones who choose what we will think. Even when we don't like to believe it or recognize it or know it, it's still true. Goes on to say, And what could this mean except that they are sins and not mistakes, forever uncorrectable, and to be met with vengeance, not with justice? So the teaching here is that sins are met with vengeance and punishment. Uh, Mistakes met with justice. Mistakes are met with loving correction. Or mistakes are met with loving compassion. And so when we are arrogant enough to think that heaven cannot undo all the consequences of our wrong decisions, then we're thinking we are lowly sinners who must be punished, even if we're not aware of it. I just see this again and again. People are not even aware of the nooks and crannies of their belief system. And certainly that, that's been true for me. I still sometimes discover, oh, I didn't even realize I believed that. Are you willing to be released from all effects of sin? You cannot answer this until you see all that the answer must entail. For if you answer yes, it means you will forego all the values of this world in favor of the peace of heaven. Not one sin would you retain, and not one doubt that this is possible will you hold dear that sin be kept in place. You mean that truth has greater value now than all illusions, and you recognize that truth must be revealed to you because you know not what it is. So, this is the big leap that Course in Miracles students are being invited to take the leap into awakening awareness, which is the absolute realization that this world is an illusion and it's a projection of our minds. And that, like the, the characters in the movie The Matrix, we 
are in the matrix, but not of it. We think we're in the matrix, but we're actually not here. Our mind is projected here. Here, it's not a real thing. And yet, we are here only to be truly helpful. That's the only reason we're here, is to be truly helpful. So if we're not being truly helpful, the healing's not going to happen. Boom. Being truly helpful means not propagating and condoning all this belief in sin. It means really becoming willing to be rigorous with yourself. And I was just having a conversation with a friend that I see the biggest challenge for uh, spiritual students is they want to keep studying without doing the work. And I did that for a very long time. I did just enough work to be consistently growing, but not to eliminate my suffering. And it wasn't until I decided to really say, okay, that's it. I have had enough. I am doing this now. And at that time that I made that decision to be all in, a couple of things occurred. One is that my mom got a terminal cancer diagnosis, and that put a fire under me that my mother was not going to leave this planet with our relationship being so difficult. And I had so much regret and resentment and guilt and blame and shame and all these things wrapped up into my relationship with my mother. And I said, she is not taking all that with her. That is all going to be cleared. It's up to me. I'm going to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to get this done. It's, it's on. It is on like Donkey Kong. And so that decision, and then I had a very uh, difficult experience in a romantic relationship that really, really challenged me to my core. Are you going to be loving? Can you be consistently loving? And the answer was, no, I cannot. <laughs> Clearly, I cannot be consistently loving for 20 seconds. I kid you not. I was just so fraught with uh, my opinions and judgments. And then I had an experience with a very dear friend that I love so very much who, um, on the surface, it seemed like a betrayal. And then I had another betrayal and another betrayal. Of course, it's all all perception that it's betrayal. Now I know that all of those things work together for my good and they helped me. They forced me that it became the crucible for me, that healing fire that melted my very being like a caterpillar gets into a cocoon and is melted inside the cocoon and then reforms as a butterfly. Like the raw gold ore is melted and the dross is burned off so that only the pure gold remains. It's like the, the rough diamond that is then cut into an exquisite gemstone. This was what happened. And every single spiritual student I have ever known has their own crucible. Now, here's what I also know. You can quicken your experience through that crucible, because I sure did. Or you can elongate it. And I did that too. I did both. I elongated it. I dragged my feet for 20 years. I did 20 years studying spiritual books and audios and going on retreats and blah, 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 going to church and just making little dribs and drabs, little dribs, little bits and bongs. But, but then I decided I'm going all in. I am doing this. Mother, Father, God, this is happening. I am in. 
I am not, I cannot afford to dilly dally anymore. There is work to be done. There is stuff to do. And I came here to do it. And that is to clear away all these false beliefs so that I can be, be, be the loving presence that I'm meant to be. So, and that's where I see all the resistance and the reluctances for people, just like it was for me. Delaying the healing, avoiding the healing, letting the ego run my spiritual life and practice. That's what I did. So I could get spiritual credit for, oh, look at Jennifer. She's serving in the church. She's, oh my gosh. She's doing so much. Look at her. She's such a leader. Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer's so special for her leadership. I settled for that. I settled for being the A student, just like I did in college and, you know, as an undergraduate and a graduate student. I settled for being the best student I could possibly be and excelling, doing extraordinary work and all of that. But not when it came to my spiritual practice. Oh, yeah, I'm a meditator. I'm a meditator. I'm a meditator. I was a meditator who sat there and my mind was just going. And I didn't know how to get out of that. I didn't know how to talk about it with anybody. And people train you to be quiet. I've worked with, oh my gosh, I've worked with so many people who are expert meditators, meditating their, their mind off. And still, it's when they come out of meditation, they're judgmental, they lack compassion, they lack understanding, but they can meditate. Yeah, well, good for you. It's a little judgmental there. But that's that's kind of how I felt back then. Like, I don't get it. You meditate all the time. You say it makes you more peaceful. But, dang, you're mean. <laughs> I see how you treat people. You're mean. You're inconsiderate. You're lacking in compassion. Gosh, why don't you just put some energy into that? All that meditation is just seems like selfish ego nonsense. That's how I felt. Now, I don't even want to, whatever. People do whatever you, you feel called to do. But going back to the text here, to give reluctantly is not to gain the gift because you are reluctant to accept it. It is saved for you until reluctance to receive it disappears and you are willing it be given you. God's justice warrants gratitude, not fear. You see, and this is one, I was contemplating this on the plane yesterday. I'm in uh, North Carolina. I just went to my niece Olivia's graduation from college. We had such a good time in Savannah. Oh, and we got to go to the beach. And I got to be in the ocean for like almost two hours. And that was so nice. So, so nice. I love to swim in the ocean. Oh, it's heavenly. And it was so nice to be with family, and we had such a good time. And now I'm, I'm very blessed to be in North Carolina visiting a friend, and uh, very happy for that. And I was contemplating on the plane yesterday that people have such a strong fear, and I did too, that if we decide to be all in for God, that somehow life will be less enjoyable because people think, oh, now I'm not going to be able to drink wine, and now I'm not going to be able to binge on Netflix, and I'm not going to be able to, I, I don't know, have sex or whatever it is they think they'd like to do that they think if they go all in for God, they won't be able to do anymore. The truth is, the more I've gone all in for God, the happier I am, the more I enjoy my life, the more I enjoy everything. So much more. Because I am not doing anything to punish myself. I'm not having a glass of wine or two or three or four to punish myself. I am not binge-watching Netflix to 
punish myself. Every now and then I have a, okay, it's National Get Horizontal Day. I'm taking the day off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch two movies back to back or whatever, and I'm going to get my favorite snacks. I'm going to cook some of my favorite food, maybe have some friends over, maybe be with family, and we are going to have a good time. And just enjoy maxing and relaxing, chilling and willing. Nothing wrong with that. No self-medication in that. Just enjoying this very, very much. Just, it's, it's just a different version of going to the beach, laying on the beach for a couple of hours, chatting, snacking, going in and out of the water, playing. So much fun. So much fun. Time off. It's good. But when we're doing it because we're avoiding and the net effect is that we feel bad about ourselves, we feel awful, we feel ashamed, that's self-destructive. That's self-sabotage. That's self-medication. I'm so familiar with both. So when we believe we're sinners, we're going to keep that going because that is the the identity that we've crafted for ourselves and we're attached to it because we've crafted it. We made it. God's justice warrants gratitude, not fear. See, people are afraid to give up that false identity that they made. And logically, it doesn't even make sense because it's like saying, oh, but I made this jail cell and I made this really gnarly smell that's in here. And I made all the menus of this horrible food. And I, I, I created all of this. So, gosh, I'd hate to give it up. I worked so hard to create this prison, this trap, this painful, painful trap. Why would I give it up? I worked so hard to make it. But we can turn on a dime and walk away from it. Nothing you give is lost to you or to anyone, but cherished and preserved in heaven where all of the treasures given to God's Son are kept for him and offered anyone who but holds out his hand in willingness they be received. So it's like the um, parable of the day laborers. Whenever you come, you will get the full day's wages. Whenever you show up, you will be rewarded. It says, nor is the treasure less as it is given out. Each gift but adds to the supply. So the more people that receive this gift of heaven adds to the supply. I love that. For God is fair. God does not fight against God's son's reluctance to perceive salvation as a gift from him. Yet would God's justice not be satisfied until it is received by everyone. So be certain any answer to a problem the Holy Spirit solves will always be one in which no one loses. And this is my point about the healing. We avoid healing by thinking that other people should lose, other people should be punished, other people don't deserve, other people are not as worthy. Either all are worthy or none are because we are one, and therefore the teaching of A Course in Miracles is all are worthy. No one has to earn it. We are worthy simply by our existence. I'm going to jump down to paragraph six here. No one deserves to lose, and what would be unjust to him cannot occur. Healing must be for everyone, because he does not merit an attack of any kind. This is the truth of it. No one merits an attack of any kind. Are you willing to claim your healing, you must be willing to hold this awareness in your mind and hold it as a treasure, not as a curse. 
So I'm coming up to a break here. And when we come back from the break, I'll go into this more deeply because it is such a powerful way that we avoid healing. And it's people don't have any awareness of it. Truly, they don't. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of healing, uh, Finding Freedom launches this week. I'm so excited. Hey, if you really are interested in doing the work, rolling up your spiritual sleeves, I know it's not for everybody, but if you're ready to go all in and you don't know how, but you'd like some support, come join me in Finding Freedom. We're going to have such a good time this summer, and it's such a great way to transform our lives, our relationships, our mental state, our emotional state, our financial state, all kinds of ways. So come and join Finding Freedom from Fear, my spiritual boot camp class. All the details at jenniferhadley.com. You are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I love these topics. I really do because they, I wish someone had been telling me these things, really. I wonder if I would have heard it. Maybe it was there, someone was saying it, but Oh, good Lord, what I invite you to be willing to do is to be relentless. I mean, God is relentless. I don't need to tell anybody that. Everybody everybody who knows God knows God is relentless, undaunted. (laughs) And there are these wonderful ways that we can realize how to maximize our healing and how to stop avoiding it. So number one is really to stop condemning our brothers and sisters no matter what. During the break, I was contemplating uh, how, as I was on the plane yesterday, if God were a man or a woman, if we were to anthropomorphize God into a a being uh, that seemed human-like, I I sense, I know, that God would take the most, the person who had done the most depraved things, the rapist serial killer the person who wiped out a whole village in you know lost control of their mind and just went on a rampage you know in in some place somewhere you know authorized by some military group to rage war and pillage and who lost their mind the isis person that if God were a being like a human being, God would take them, place their head in his or her lap and comfort them and and help them realize this world is not real. It's not real. There's nothing to forgive because nothing real has occurred. It's all a projection. I know that's so hard for people to take, but you don't have to go there. You just have to be willing to be taken there. And there is a difference. For a long time, I said, you know, it's the world does seem so real. And yet, I do believe it is an illusion. I do believe it is a projection. And I am willing to know it and to feel it, and to sense it, 
and to live accordingly. So the way I have traveled to get there is to be ever more rigorous in my mind of no blame, no punishment, no condemnation, not for myself, not for others. So no sin, sin is not real. Now, most of us have been trained for however many lifetimes, thousands of years, that sin is real. Because the idea, the concept of sin is like the original ego sin, is the concept of sin. Sin is the perfect way to institute separation into the thinking. So, that being the case, a belief in sin is the best way to keep it going. So, many religious doctrines seem to be all about separation. You're separate from God. You're a sinner. You're not good enough. Something's wrong with you. Very much ego-based teachings. And even the teachings of Jesus have been turned into egoic teachings. So Course in Miracles is to help us to actually receive the actual teachings of Jesus, unfiltered, uh, to the best of the ability of Helen Shuckman and Bill Thetford, and and God bless them. They've done an amazing job, and we thank them for it. We bless them, bless their their life in God. Thank you so much for this tremendous effort. It means so much to me. I beyond grateful. Just blessing Helen and Bill and all those who worked so hard, Ken Wapnick and others who've worked so hard to, to bring us these teachings, to have the clarity. If we wish it, it's there for us. It's right here in every one of these sentences. No one deserves to lose, and what would be unjust to him cannot occur. Healing must be for everyone because he does not merit an attack of any kind. What order can there be in miracles unless someone deserves to suffer more and others less? And is this justice to the holy innocent? A miracle is justice. It is not a special gift to some to be withheld from others as less worthy, more condemned, and thus apart from healing. Who is there who can be separate from salvation if its purpose is the end of specialness? So the purpose of salvation is the end of specialness. Who is there who can be separate from salvation? Where is salvation's justice if some errors are unforgivable and warrant vengeance in place of healing and return of peace. This is why the big crowbar of A Course in Miracles in my own spiritual practice was I do not know what anything underlying anything is for. And since I do not know what anything is for, I cannot condemn anything. Until I can see beyond all directions of time and space and have a full understanding of causality, until my mind opens to that fifth dimensional awareness, which it will surely do as soon as I am no longer interested in condemning. Hello. So as soon as I am willing to see what things are really for, it can be shown to me, and I must give up thinking I already know. So, therefore, I stand in the I do not know. Ego does not like to stand in I do not know. Ego is always, oh, I know what everything is for. Everything is for 
the purpose of separation. The sifting and the sorting, the labeling and the separating. This one's a loser. Um, a stone cold loser. This one's an idiot. This one's a bad hombre. This one's a that. This label, 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 sort, 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 separate, separate, separate. Better than, less than, better than, less than. That's the mechanism of separation. The sinners and the saints. But God does not condemn. That's an old story, the idea that God condemns. There's an old made-up story by the ego. God does not condemn. No one is separate from salvation. Salvation cannot seek to help God's Son be more unfair than he has sought to be. If miracles, the Holy Spirit's gift, were given specially to an elect and special group and kept apart from others as less deserving, then the Holy Spirit is an ally to specialness. What the Holy Spirit cannot perceive, which is specialness, the Holy Spirit bears no witness to. And everyone is equally entitled to the Holy Spirit's gift of healing and deliverance and peace. To give a problem to the Holy Spirit to solve for you means that you want it solved. To keep it for yourself to solve without the Holy Spirit's help is to decide it should remain unsettled, unresolved, and lasting in its power of injustice and attack. So this is one of the ways that we avoid healing. We're trying to solve our own problems. Number one that I'm talking about today, but it is so strong. It is, of course, keeping separation going. So one of the most fundamental ways that everybody keeps the specialness, the sin, uh, the separation going is by thinking better than and less than. They deserve, they don't deserve. They deserve compassion, they don't. They deserve to have food, they don't. They deserve to have wealth, they don't. Their children deserve to go to college, theirs don't. Their children deserve to have good education and access to uh, medical care and things like that, and their children don't. Their children should be put in cages, and their children should go to elite schools. That's how the suffering is kept alive, the sorting and the separating. To have, to have the consciousness of God, to have the consciousness of freedom, to have the consciousness of wholeness, and to have healing, give all to all. So we have to let everybody off the hook. And therefore, dun, 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 forgiveness is the key. But most people, even many Course of Miracles students, do not understand what forgiveness actually is. And that's why I relentlessly teach about it. Because I didn't know until I knew, until I was really interested in understanding it. I didn't know. How would I have known? Who would have taught me? Right? The, the churches don't teach what true forgiveness is. The schools don't teach what true forgiveness is. Most parents don't know how can they teach their children. I have someone very close to me who doesn't believe in forgiveness, thinks that forgiveness is not a good idea. Yeah. So forgiving the unforgivable is unthinkable unless you understand what true forgiveness is. True forgiveness is withdrawing your attachment to the meaning you made of it. And this is work that I find is best done in a group. It really is best done in a group because someone in the group will share what their ahas. I last night in Masterful Living, 
people were sharing their ahas about certain things. And uh, you could see other people going, oh, I've got that too. I've got that too. And that's why also Masterful Living is year long. Because uh, like finding freedom is awesome. It's a boot camp. It's, you know, you can't join Masterful Living right now. So right now you can join Finding Freedom. You get in there and you're doing the group in your freedom posse, right? And you're doing the work with me in um, my sacred circle, the part of Finding Freedom. All these pieces come together. You're doing the work, you're doing the work, you're doing the work. In two, three weeks, you can have amazing results. It's You, you wouldn't even believe it's possible until you actually start getting to where the rubber meets the road. And that's the thing that I see so many Course in Miracles students not doing. They're just processing it in their intellect. So they'll say, I know forgiveness is the key. All right, have you forgiven everything? What? What What now? Who? Are you talking to me? <laughs> so people, uh, that's how I was. So I, I don't judge it, believe me, because I totally get it. I totally get it that we think, oh, I'm no, I'm very forgiving. I'm very forgiving. Well, are you? Do you have any resentments at all? Because if you have any resentments at all, then you're not forgiving. Because forgiving is releasing the meaning you made of things. If you really have released the meaning you made of things, you will have no resentments. You will have no regrets. You will have no guilt. You will have no shame. You will have no blame if you truly have done the forgiveness work. And so there are, most people have thousands of unforgiveness splinters in their heart, in their mind, many of which they've long forgotten about, but they're still in there. And the Holy Spirit will remove every single one of them, and your willingness is all that's required. But let's just keep it real here. If you're condemning any other person on the planet, you are causing separation thinking to be kept alive for all humanity. If you are driving in traffic and someone cuts you off and you think, oh, what an idiot, loser, oh, so bad. Right there in that moment, that judgment, that is keeping separation alive. If you watch the news and you think, oh, my God, these morons, these idiots, then you're keeping separation alive. To have, give all to all. For me, when I got that teaching from A Course in Miracles, it meant to have love, give love to all. To have compassion for yourself, give compassion to all. To have the awareness of God's love for you, Jennifer, have love for all. And we can love people without liking what they're doing, what they're saying, and what they're choosing. We can learn to do that. We can learn to love them so profoundly. Like a, a parent loves a child, but maybe not their actions and their choices. We can learn to live without non-judgment because that's our natural state. It seems hard to believe, but I'm going for it. I really am. That's why I say finding freedom, it's not for everybody. You have to really be willing to get in there and start uh, offering those splinters up to the Holy Spirit and meaning it. True willingness is not saying, oh, I'm willing to practice forgiveness. I'm willing to study A Course in Miracles. I'm willing to do the lessons and to read those lessons uh, day in and day out. But when your coworker is having a bad day and is grumpy and saying things sarcastically, and you have no compassion for them, you just resent them, 
and do subtle um, sabotage towards them. You don't invite them to lunch. You don't share the cookies with them. You don't tell them that there's donuts in the conference room or whatever it is. All things I've done. Thank you very much. Then there's no forgiveness. There's only resentment. There's only labeling them as somehow sinful. Right? If we're withholding love from anyone, of course, what are we doing? We are cutting off the flow of love in our own heart and mind, and that's where our pain comes from. And love is the healer. Love refreshes and renews and restores us. It returns us to uh, the awareness of love's presence, that we are part of love's presence. Teach only love, for that is what you are. So going down here, again, we're chapter 25, section 9. I don't think I said the section number before. Now, paragraph 8. Unless you think that all your brothers have an equal right to miracles with you, you will not claim your right to them because you were unjust to one with equal rights. So I'm just going to say this another way because it's a little, you know, how Course in Miracles is. Unless you know, unless you're willing to accept that every other person has an equal right to miracles. You will not claim your own right to miracles. Because in your mind, you're unjust to your brother, sister, who has the same rights as you. If you won't acknowledge that your brothers and sisters have a right to miracles, you will not claim your own right to miracles. You cannot, because our minds are joined, because we're one with each other. You cannot think for one second that any person on this planet does not deserve love and still think you do. You cannot think that one other person on this planet does not deserve patience or kindness, or compassion, or understanding, or a good meal, and still think that you deserve all those things. And this is why the fundamental issue that we all have is the idea, I'm bad. What makes us bad? What makes us bad is that we would cut our brothers and sisters out and think them unworthy, undeserving, less than. The better than, less than. That's it right there. So every single way in your life experience today and every day that you are saying better than and less than, does not deserve, does deserve, be willing to stop it. Be willing to say all are worthy, all are worthy, all are worthy, and watch the healing happen in your life. Sure, you may be like me, and out of 10,000 opportunities to choose, literally, I use the word uh, carefully, it's like if you're going to look at every five or six seconds, you're making a choice during your waking hours. Let's say you have 10,000 choices to make loving choices in a day, 10,000 opportunities, and you only choose 100 You're only going to have a hundred choices, uh, loving choices worth of healing. But if you're willing to choose 110 today, and then tomorrow 120, and then to the next day 130, and the next day 140, well, you're going to make quite a lot of progress in a year. If you join my Finding Freedom Boot Camp, you're going to make quite a lot of progress in only 90 days. And my feeling about it is this was what I saw myself when I started to see how rapidly after 20 years of being a spiritual student and making slow drip by drip progress. And then I started to boom. Wow. I'm woo. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm changing so fast. This is amazing. 
I, I just literally, and now I see people who are doing it much faster than me because they're not having to figure it out. They're able to follow the, the plan, the, the program and do it. They don't have to figure it out. I, I was so often like, okay, I am, I see, I cannot see ahead on this path. I know I'm on a path. <laughs> I know it's going to heaven but I cannot, there is no light ahead on the path. I can only see this one step that I am making today. So I love that, being able to provide people a lit path that is lit by other people who are doing it too. It's not my light, it's our light that is shining on the path and leading us and guiding us to more peace, more love, more joy, more prosperity, more harmony and more experiences of freedom. No one can be unjust to you unless you have decided first to be unjust. Hey! So this is the thing is, we'd like to experience miracles, and we can, but we don't realize that when we think somebody else is not deserving of a miracle, we automatically are thinking we're not deserving because we're one with them. We just can't hold an opinion, a judgment, a condemnation about any other person, just even one other person on this planet, and think that we deserve happiness and love and miracles and financial abundance and healing and prosperity and freedom. No. Either we give to all, to have, give all to all, hold nothing back. And the ego is all about holding back, loves to hold everything back, and to say, I am the one who decides. So the healing comes when we say, no, spirit is the one who decides, not me. Spirit is the one who decides. <sighs> Thank you for being my partner in this and walking this path with me. It means so much to me. I'm so grateful to share it with you. If you're, if you're boldly willing to come into Finding Freedom, we'll create a special payment plan for you, whatever we can do to support you. We start this week. Let's pray. I am so grateful and thankful to place my hand on my heart and to know that God is all that there is. God is all that there ever will be. There is nothing else. So grateful and thankful to call forth a healing, a miracle for each and every one of us. We're accepting it. We're allowing it. We're setting ourselves free and we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we know it's done and so it is. Amen. 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 Have a great week. 